Oh, what movie? Are you? I think you talked about that next. Yeah, we haven't been really talking about that in the podcast anyway, so. That's true. Uh, welcome to the Rom-Com Dudes. I'm Austin, Rom-Com Dude number one. I'm Carlton, Rom-Com Dude number two. Welcome to a coronavirus-filled week. Uh, that you won't hear until later, unless we decide to release this earlier. That's true. I hope it's done by the time. Hopefully. <laughs> this won't. This probably won't come out for a while. Yeah, if we're on a release schedule on it, it'll be a while. If we're, if we're releasing in order we record. Yeah, it will release in the order we record. I feel like we should at least. Then it'd make more sense to people. <laughs> yeah, I'll just... Yeah. Um, I said on Facebook that we're going to do it every other week. Mm-hmm. I think I'm still going to just do it weekly. Oh, you are? I don't know. Should I? We could have talked about this. In the other. We can talk about it we'll later. Talk about it. We'll talk about it. Uh, we're going to do Stardust today. Uh, watching it, I'm like, is this a rom-com? But we'll talk about that. <laughs> uh, but then reading like some background story made me a little better. about. It made me feel a little better about uh, uh, watching it as a rom-com. Because, uh, well, we could get into it. We're here. Uh, Neil Gaiman uh, was like, Yo, this reminded me, like, I wrote this story thinking, like, oh, it's like an old rom-com, like old 1930s, some like it hot is what he, he said. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So he's like, you know, that's that's kind of how I based all of this. He, I'm, he's a fascinating dude. I've yeah. been listening, like I said, I've been, I read uh, the Graveyard book and just been watching a lot of interviews with him. He's just fascinating. And the way that, like, this whole thing started was he was, he was in Ireland or England. He was in the UK somewhere. Uh-huh. <laughs> And he, he, he saw a, a brick wall that had a chunk out of it. Oh. And that's what, that's what started the whole thing. And then there was something that same day or same night he saw a shooting star. And he, oh. he did, but he, he, this one, there's a couple books. This and Graveyard Book, he had started the idea and didn't finish until like years later. Oh. Graveyard Book was even way crazier where he, it was like 20 years before he actually finished it. I, um, it's not like he was writing it for that long, but he'd like come to it, he'd write a certain part, and you're like, I just, I'm not... I'm not in a good writing position to finish this. And so he came back. But And Stardust was a little bit like that. It took a few years. I have read a lot of Neil Gaiman, too. I, he's, like, probably one of my all-time, maybe, top favorite authors. It's interesting. Most of his books is children literature. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize how much children I mean, literature he did. I read American Gods, which is not children. Oh, yeah. he's <laughs> Or Good Omens. <laughs> yeah. I've read Coraline. I've wanted to read... Um, uh, Nordic or uh, North Nordic God Mythics. Oh yeah, is that what it's called? Yeah, uh, is that what? Yeah, so like that. Yeah, and then he has uh the ocean at the end of the lane. I still want to read. That's a, it's been that one's within the last five years. It's one of his newer ones. I obviously want, I want to read Sandman real bad, but graphic novels are a little hard to get a hold of than just books. Well, yeah, Sandman I've wanted to do for a while too. I've read um. Uh, the prequel, I think, is what it's. Oh yeah, because he wrote a. Did he write it? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, I was seeing who did the art for the graphic novel. Cause okay, so Neil Gaiman, he like he wrote a graphic novel first years before, and then in 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 the nineties he decided to write it into a novel. You said you've read the book. Yeah. So you've kind of see compared the two, and there's some differences between. I I was reading, and Neil Gaiman overall was happy with the final project of this movie. Yeah, he yeah. wasn't like super bummed out. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. He he had this book, and it was really, really popular. So Miramax back in the er, or late '90s um, said, "Hey, 
Neil, we want to make this into a movie. And he said, perfect, let's do it. Let's make it into a movie. And uh, Terry Gillian was like attached to it. Terry Gillian did um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. He's done like Who Killed Don Quixote. That's like a real modern uh, movie he's done. Uh, Brazil. He's done a bunch of movies. Really well-known, creative director. His, his, His movies are very like artsy and visually pleasing um of course matthew vaughn got attached this time but so late 90s he's like yeah let's have if terry gillian's doing it i'm i'm okay with it well terry and Gil- terry gillian pa- he passed it he passed on the project and said he just wasn't into it i think he was he he got attached to something else but that made neil gaiman like he was like real upset he didn't want anyone else to do it and so Miramax is like giving him directors. He's like, no. And I guess the whole process of Miramax, um, who is uh, who just got, went to jail for um, the Me Too era. What's his Harvey name? Harvey Weinstein. Weinstein owned Miramax. So Harvey, oh. it was he was messing with. I mean, Harvey Weinstein was kind of bullying him through this whole process. And and Neil Gaiman was like, you know what? This is ruining the whole. I like. That whole process is the reason why he doesn't have more movies out. I guess yeah, he said because he a lot of his. Because Coraline, the Graveyard Book, is had, the Graveyard Book's not a movie. It's not a movie, but Disney bought the when you the rights, the rights to uh-huh. make it a movie. Sure, that because it's a it's a time frame where you can buy the rights to a book before it runs out and they can resell it or whatever. Oh yeah. Um. So Disney has that because they were actually going to make it a stop motion film. Oh, cool. They wanted to do something to kind of follow up uh, Night Before Christmas, but I think it's just stop motion is becoming just very expensive to make. Yeah. So that got put on hold. Coraline, obviously. Um, his uh, American Gods got made into a TV show. Yeah. Good Omens got made into a TV show. Yeah. Which I haven't seen. Well, is that on Amazon? Amazon. It was yeah. a Prime original. Yeah, I really yeah. want. I like. I prefer. I'm just. I want to read. I hear. I heard it. I was gonna watch it, and then I heard it wasn't that good. I think we started it, and then we were like, eh, I don't know. This isn't. I don't think this no. is our thing. I just know the Christian community made a big outcry. Yeah, I heard about that. Whatever. No, any that any time. Satan is any time personified and empathized with in any degree. Yeah, <laughs> it's just TV show guys. Um, the uh, yeah, so he did that. Coraline, uh, American Gods, uh, oh, the Good Omen is that what mm-hmm. it's called? He's done what's Stardust. He they're trying to make Sandman. They've been trying to make Sandman for a long time with yeah. um, 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 Five Hundred Days of Summer. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt attached to it. Oh, interesting. He what he was gonna star, and then he talked about directing it, and then and then he was like, no, I'm just gonna star and produce it, and then it's kind of it's been all over the place doesn't, for a very long time. Doesn't Sandman technically take place in the DC universe? I think it does. Yeah. Okay. It's one of their first like extreme kind of adult graphic novels that DC did, and well, kind of, but Watchmen was probably up there, but it's been a while. Um, and, but it was the trippiest, probably their, one of the trippiest yeah. graphic novels or comic books they've done. It is a comic book. Still going, I'm sure. It's, he stopped it a while ago. I, yeah, that probably, yeah. I, I bought the prequel, or the, yeah, the prequel oh. five years ago or something. So I'm, I'm sure it's done. But That's what's interesting. Sorry, this is getting on tangent. But that's what my brother has pointed out as a fan of comics. He's always, as a whole, preferred DC. Uh-huh. But Because he liked the idea that not everything had to be connected. Mm. Like, you could just have this... Someone just decided to write this Batman comic because of the, the way they kind of 
uh, portrayed their multiverse is that it could just exist on its own and be its own just great comic. Oh, cool. And then, like, to some extent, that's been like kind of the downfall of the movies because they've tried to just, I think for a while, because they, they started like that, where they're like, we're DC, we just, this is what we do. And then they tried to make this universe. And I think in going back to like what they, I know that you didn't like the Joker, but I know generally overall it did well. Yeah. And I think that type of concept they're going back to of like, we'll just create movies, good well, standalone movies. The hard thing about making a graphic or a, a comic book into a movie is that they have two hours worth of, um, that they, they only have two hours to make a movie, right? Yeah. Where, like, comic books, they had 15 issues, mm-hmm. you know? That's why I think comic books, I mean, it's debatable, but there hasn't been... There have been good comic book TV shows, but they're kind of also up in the air. Yeah. But I feel like TV shows are a good way to go, too. I mean, look at yeah. HBO's Watchmen was a huge hit, and it was really amazing, and, and there was just fantastic things about it but and then we're talking about we're going to talk about charlie cox here soon too and he's in daredevil i think daredevil is brilliant oh yeah the tv show and then there's like arrowverse and all that i'm not saying like they hit every time but i feel like they have a little better translation i feel like it yeah i I agree i mean they don't have the budget as marvel you know so it is kind of cool to see the marvel stuff but it is also hard to just like flesh that out as much i think um there's this youtuber his name's uh, Patrick H. Willems on YouTube, and he has an episode on that where he talks about, um, uh, he talks about how like making a TV or making a movie for a comic book is just more difficult. Yeah. Like you kind of leave a lot of gaps out, whereas like a comic book would flesh out like the backstory of Spider-Man, which we don't care about that anymore. But like, you know the they would talk about that in yeah. the MCU if they had time. Not really. Actually, they wouldn't. But MJ, they could, like, flesh out MJ's backstory or whatever. Yeah. Anyways, this is a tangent. We're talking about Neil Gaiman. Yep. Uh, Author of Stardust. Stardust. So, yeah. The thing that's interesting, so going back for this, is they, this may be very blasphemous to some people, but I actually prefer the movie to the book. Oh, Stardust. cool. I think a lot of it has to do is I I enjoyed the books. I just like because Neil Gaiman always um, reads his own books, and I just love listening to him talk. Yeah, so that makes it enjoyable. It does yeah, I forgot <laughs> so about that's that. helpful. Um, and it's just the way he, the way he paints pictures with words. So like you you have like like Daryl Tolkien who just spends forever, and like some people like that, some people don't. Yeah. And the way Neil Gaiman does it is just very. He did a good job with this because one of the things that he really wanted to do with this book is to make a fairy turf. Fairy tale for adults. So even the the book's a lot more adult, right? It is. Yeah. It's not a ton more adult, but it is more adult. Like, uh-huh. uh, it it describes how he came to be. Like it talks about that experience. Oh, because sure. you see it for five minutes at the beginning. Yeah, I actually didn't even realize that was in it. That's how short it is in the um, movie compared to the book. Oh yeah, spends a little bit more time on that. Um, his mom is a little more like she acts like royalty. She's a little more spoiled. The way she kind of behaves, and like uh, the there's a little more time spent on like the end of the story because uh-huh. when the I guess when we get to the kind of the end of it, it's it's a very I enjoy the ending of the book more. Oh, but like there that's in, what I hear. The ending of the movie is a lot different than the book. Yeah, I don't love the ending of this movie. Yeah, but keep going. Um, but like the adventure part, them together is much more. There's more time spent on it in the movie than in the book, and it's way more interesting for that reason. Like one of the, I think one of the better characters is uh, Robert De Niro's character. He's oh, so that's great. the best part. He's so great. He's and so there's good. like 
a chapter on that in Stardust. Yeah. So that's interesting because that is the best part of the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. So to kind of finish up with the how this movie got made. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Miramax or Neil Gaiman got really frustrated with the Miramax thing. So back at like in the 2000s, he got, he got the rights back. I think it actually in 99, he got the rights back of Stardust. So he started kind of searching it out more to see who would get attached. So Matthew Vaughn said, hey, I want to produce it. By the way, I love Matthew Vaughn. He's probably one of my favorite directors working right now, think, too. Like, so he I did directors as well. Layer Cake, and then after Layer Cake, he did um, Kick-Ass. Oh, okay. Then after Kick-Ass, he did so First good. Class. <laughs> Uh, okay. I might I might be missing. Okay, and a few. Um, I'm gonna look it up. Like but first class, the best X Men. X Men first, yeah, <laughs> it is the best. I love first class. He's my he's so good. Now he's been doing Kingsman a lot lately. Um, <clears throat> has he done all of it? Yeah, so he's directed all of them, and then he has the King's Man coming out. Yeah, that that'll be the directed. third one because it's like a prequel to the, the oh, first two. Yeah, it was Kick Ass, then First Class, and then Kingsman, and then. The Golden Circle. Now, The Golden Circle, I don't love. It's pretty forgettable. And I still want to see it. But I, the Golden Circle? Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's okay. It's it's fun. That's what I've heard. Like, if you like the first one enough, it's good enough. Yeah. Like, it's nothing like the first one. The first one's just a phenomenal film. I kind of ho- wish he'd get off the Kingsman kind of franchise. I think it's a fun franchise. The first one is a lot of fun. The second one was okay, and I'm kind of worried about this third one. Oh, really? I yeah, it I got think, got pushed again. So well, everything's getting pushed at this point. Yeah, it's true. Um, it's hard to know. Like, is it like a bad decision push, or is the coronavirus pushing things back? Yeah. Um, from it's, a trailer perspective, this one seems more interesting than Golden Circle. I agree. Just from like that's just from the trailer though, which is hard to really. I mean, because Avatar: Last Airbender looked like one of the greatest films of all time. Yeah, I think <laughs> the Golden Circle had a lot of development issues. Is what happened. Oh, um, okay. uh, uh, freaking. Um, gosh, I'm losing it. What's his name? <laughs> oh, big block here. Freaking who's the guy in the golden circle? That's not even the golden circle. Yeah, now I can't even. Uh, He's not even in the top. There is a connection between, we can connect to easily between these two films. Yeah, it has what's his name? Mark Strong. Yep, Mark Strong. Anyways, Channing Tatum. Oh. <laughs> well, where was I going with that? Oh, Channing Tatum was supposed to be like the main star of the Golden Circle oh, well, of Kingsman. And he he got trapped into another contract, so he's only in it a little bit. Oh, really? Because yeah. he's heavily marketed to being in it. Yeah. Uh. But um, anyways, Matthew Vaughn got attached to it uh, as a producer. And Matthew Vaughn, I guess, was originally supposed to direct X-Men The Last Stand. And uh, that's the third X-Men. Okay. And he uh, backed out for some reason. I think it was creative differences. Oh, okay. And then some other director came on. Um, and so he's like, well, I'm free, Neil. Let me, let's do Stardust. I'd love to do Stardust. And he uh, directed Stardust. And that's the movie we have. He, so Matthew Vaughn, he attached Charlie Cox because he said that he wanted someone that wasn't well-known. I think that's a good thing. I think Charlie Cox is pretty good in this. He he's attractive. He looks better with his shorter hair, but oh, he looks <laughs> like a goon with his long hair. He does look like a goon. When he turns into a pirate, I'm like, okay, this is a, like this movie is just a straight up hero's journey. Oh yeah, like there's nothing, yeah, to it really. 
uh, yeah, just little little beats. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's how the movie got made. That's cool. Yeah, Matthew. Like I was saying, I think Matthew Vaughn is one of the better directors that is working right now. All of his movies hit home for me. Like I ever, even Golden Circle, I think is pretty weak. I think it's just still. Did he do Kick Ass too? No. Oh, okay. But he produced it. Oh, okay. Um, his pro- his production company is called Marks, M-A-R-K, I think. Um, which is, I think it's a, it's like Matthew and then his produ- his produced partner, producer partner, uh, Jane Goldman. No. Maybe. I don't know. That Jane Goldman's her his writing partner though. She writes with every like writes everything with him, which oh, is okay. pretty cool. Did he? So he directed Stardust. Did he do this um, screenplay for it? Yeah. Okay. Yep. yep. I'm sure Neil had to approve oh. it, you know. But yeah, I mean, what Neil I, Gaiman's happy with what, what. The came thing out. that I like about Neil Gaiman is while he may be picky, once he picks some, he he gives a lot of freedom to yeah, the person. Yeah, he does. Yep. I mean, Coraline is one of the like one of the best stop motion movies out there. It's so good. I have an irrational fear of button eyes now, though, because of that stupid film. <laughs> I love it, but I, I don't know why. They just make me so uncomfortable to see like things with button eyes. It's, yeah. I mean, so do you dumb. see a lot of button eyed things? Um, not as much anymore. Um, I guess like, they had like dolls. Sometimes. Dolls used to. More. Mm-hmm. And so I'll see them occasionally, like um, sock monkeys. Oh, yeah. I have a sock monkey, but it has like yeah. sewn eyes. Yeah, they're monkeys. different now. But I know like my grandma had one after I like first watched them. I was like, nope, I don't <laughs> want this monkey. I don't know what it is. It's a children's film. It's not even that scary when you like really think about it. But I don't know what it is. It just makes me so uncomfortable the way I don't know. Uh, there's a bunch of things like Matthew Vaughn reuses a lot of actors. Like, uh, I mean, like. Um, Ian McKellen's in it, and he's in the X-Men series. He's not in first class, but it's kind of a connection there. And I, I forgot Ian McKellen was the voice or the the narrator of the movie of Coraline. Mm-hmm. No, no, of Stardust. Sorry, I, I got off. To oh, he is. Yeah, yeah, he's the narrator. Um, Henry Cavill's in it. Freaking mm-hmm. dude, that blue. I saw him, and I was well. I didn't even recognize him at first. Yeah, I was just he, on IMDb. He's so like, little. He's. Yeah, he's not as beefy as he was, and he has like like weird mustaches, and yeah, weird facial hair. hair on. But uh, yeah, it, this is a really really fun movie. I, like one issue I do have with it is I feel like the scenes are better as like individual parts are better as a whole than than the whole. Like okay. the things that stitch it together are boring, and I don't feel they uh, so. Let's look at like Lord of the Rings, right? It's the same thing. It's a hero's tell. Yeah. The in between them going from like w- the next thing that grow them as a hero is as interesting as like the adventure part, as okay. like the okay. the thing that grows them. And in Stardust, I feel like it's not. I can see. Okay, I see. I I think the reason why it's easy to forgive that is because it's a pretty fast-paced film. It is a fast-paced So, like, movie. those boring parts kind of get over quickly. Cause yeah. Because now, like, I really kind of look. It's like, okay, I, I can see that, and I agree. I think but. that's my only quip with this. Um, Matthew Vaughn said that, like, this movie didn't do well at all in the box office. It was, like, number four. Worldwide, it made, like, $130 million, which is fine, but uh, it was a $70 million movie, so you know, only made $40 million. Oh, interesting. Um, Matthew Vaughn said that 
the, it came out in 2007, and that that was about the time Lord of the Rings f- was finishing up, or uh, or during yeah, that time. It would have been because I think the original came out in 2002. Two? And yeah. Every other year. Yeah. So, so about 2005, it was done. So I think it would have been 2000 because I think it was was it every year or was it every other year that they released it. It might have been every other year, but they were filming them right after another. Yeah. All at the same time. Yeah. So I they might have been every year. So I think it was 2002, three, four. Oh, okay. Right? I'm curious. You look it up. I anyways, so the he said that the marketing should have marketed it more like a Princess Bride, but they market it like Lord of the Rings. Uh, if you watch the trailer, it's very Lord of the Rings style, like okay. this is a journey. But it's not like Lord of the Rings is funny too, but Lord of the Rings is a lot more epic than Stardust. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, like Stardust doesn't have the huge armies or the, any of that it has a man and a woman. Yeah. That's interesting. It was marketed cause it, 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 it's much more like that pop fantasy. Yeah. Feel. I don't like, so whatever. Yeah. It again. Yeah. This is definitely that pop fantasy romantic comedy. Um, that's why I like Matthew Vaughn so much too, is he, he has like, he has a lot of pop in his movies. They're just so exciting. All of them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, overall, like, it's, it's a, I use overall a lot in this podcast. Um, but yeah, I like this movie a lot. I think it's, it's one of the more fun things that we've watched. Um, we're gonna, (laughs) we, we do two movies, uh, right? We do two movies every week. This for everyone listening, but we, we talk about two movies. And this week was a good week. It was. Honestly, like, both movies, super solid. I can't wait. I can't wait to talk about the other one too. Um, oh, it's kind of a sidetrack. <laughs> We're gonna get off topic a little bit. I'm annoyed for how much information Netflix doesn't give you about movies. Like I'm trying to do research on like wh- the next movie we're doing is all the boy to all the boys I've loved before. Yeah, and I'm like, there's nothing. You can't find anything. Like That's Netflix just just releases movies. They don't really <laughs> do a lot of marketing and and pushing their film out, so it's it's annoying. That is interesting. So yeah, Lord of the Rings, 2001, so it was every year. It was 2001, 2002, and 2003. Oh, interesting. So yeah, it was a while after that. But Lord of the Rings was so influential. Yeah. I mean, it still has most Oscar wins. And yeah. And any, huge. Almost any fantasy. Like, Game of Thrones was kind of the one, the one thing that kind of broke the, did something a little different that people now have something compared to, but almost all fantasy for the longest time was compared to Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I feel, yeah, you're right. I think Game of Thrones is the new Lord of the Rings because yeah. now everyone's looking, because, yeah, everyone's looking for that big budget TV show fantasy, yeah. The Witcher. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Amazon's doing Lord of the Rings TV show, which is probably coming out next year, I think. It's supposed to. For that. What? I'm so excited. For that. Are you? I'm annoyed, but that's fine. I'm glad they're not remaking the books. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm, yeah I think that's why I'm excited is that it's it's just a, it's a build on the world, which I think more people should do is instead of remaking things all the time, just do something interesting within the world. Yeah, I mean, there's enough stuff to cover for Lord of, Lord of the oh, Rings yeah. that they can. But I'm yeah, I remember when they first announced that me and my I used to work at a jewelry store and my goldsmith. I, I would argue with him a lot. I'd just be like, dude, if they're remaking the books, that's stupid because the movies are like the best things cinema has ever made. Yeah. Like they're up there with top 10 of all time. Yeah. The trilogy. And they're remaking that. And he's like, you don't know that. And I'm like, I, 
I don't, but neither do you. And like, there is a big fear that they're just going to remake those movies. <laughs> yeah. Like, I wouldn't put it past Hollywood. But now they're like, well, no, we're going to follow Aragon. So, I don't know. It's fine. He's younger, right? He's younger. Gonna, I think so. I think that's the rumor. Um, it's Aragon, right? That's his name. Or Strider. Er, is it Aragorn or Aragorn? No, it's Aragorn. Is it Aragorn? Which one's the dragon? Which one's him? Yeah, well, <laughs> well, that's true because Aragorn is because I is, think it's Aragorn. Gosh, people are yelling at us in their headphones right now. Anyway, Stardust. Uh, yeah, I. Top I really like the relationship between um, Charlie Cox and and uh, um, Claire Danes is is really good in this movie. They have good chemistry. It's not the best chemistry I've seen in a rom com. You know, like it's not our, but like. I think the romance is second to the adventure in yeah. this movie for mm-hmm. sure because there's a lot of action scenes. Oh, I wanted to bring this up. The action in this is so good. It is. It is so good. They Matthew Vaughn has always been really good at action and it is really good in this. Like the pirate scene like amazing. The the last fight scene um with um with Michelle Pfeiffer, is that who it is? Mm. Which I think is overall boring, but the action is very good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying, like, the scene is boring. I think the climax... Let me... I want to explain why I think it's boring. I think the climax doesn't uh, work well with what we've seen overall. It's yeah. just kind of like, okay, now we're back at the witch's house, and here we are fighting, <laughs> like, for for the girl. Which is fine. None of that happens in the book. The entire fight, the entire end fight scene, none of that. What happened? What's the end of the book? I think spoilers for the book. (laughs) I'm trying to, like I said, it's been like I said because I've, I almost wish I would have read the book again if I would have had time. But it's it's always got the longest hold. It's such a popular book with the library community apparently. Yeah, it's always the longest hold. Um, I just remember it was so short. I like, I think they the witches don't have names. I read. In the book. Yeah, they don't. I don't remember the names of them in the movie. Yeah, I don't either. Um, oh, I just but I know that, like, for example, Char- the Charlie Cox character in the book doesn't learn any fighting at all. Oh. He's not. The, the pirates teach him, right? Yeah, in the yeah. movie. But, yeah, he doesn't He doesn't fight her. It's either it ha- it's something, I think it's some magic spell, or I even think she just kind of goes on her way. Like, mm. she tries to do something, and then because she can't for... I think because of because of the w- the way that he becomes king has some magical power. Oh, like I said I, I feel bad for butchering this so bad. Like I said, it's very short and kind of like she kind of goes on her way, or she's easily destroyed with magic. Something along those lines. It was so weird because of how much kind of points to this end of this. Like there's so much is about this ending of mm-hmm. saving the girl. Not even a part of the book at all. I I will say I like. One thing I like at the end is is Mark Strong and Charlie Cox. They they kind of work together to defeat the witch. Yeah. They start realizing like, oh, like he's like, I only need the necklace. You only need the you want the girl. Like I don't need the girl. I just need the necklace. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting because Mark Strong is a villain through the whole thing. Like him and the witch are trying to both get the girl, the the star, mm-hmm. and and um. Yeah, he kind of changes his tune because there's a lot of he realizes if he gets, um, this if he gets the girl, 
And he's like, wait, I could be king forever. But he kind of loses that. Oh, that yeah. Sense. it kind of, That does disappear. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, because he's like, oh, yeah, that's why the witches want her so they can live longer. And then they're like, oh. And then he started realizing that he can do that as well. Yeah. Um, I will say, like, I think one thing I do not like about the ending is the the voodoo doll thing is yeah. cheesy as crap. Yeah. Except for the water when he she drops the voodoo doll in the water and, like, oh. Mark Strong starts floating like he's in water. A, cool scene. Yeah, it is cool. Visually, yeah. it looked really cool. Yeah, Claire Danes. Um, uh, yeah, they just want Claire Danes to be, you know, like... he's Yeah, they kind of started fighting for a better good. And I thought it would... I forgot about the ending in... It's been a while since I've seen Stardust, but I forgot about that ending where he was like, they kind of work together to defeat the witch, yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer. But uh, yeah, great, great movie. It's fun. I put, uh, I gave it three and a half stars on Letterboxd. I think that's a good, that's where, that's where I probably put it. Yeah. It's above average enough that it's good enough for me to watch it and enjoy it, but it's not a perfect film yeah. by any stretch. Um. I don't think we're talking about Robert De Niro now, but oh yeah, I was like I could talk about I could probably could have done a whole podcast on that. Just the way that he, I don't know, there's He's, just everything the way he portrays it. Oh the, yeah, the, that little mini side quest story, just that whole part is just so enjoyable. Like there's just like this yeah. whole like little arc, like story arc within that scene that is just enjoyable. He's enjoyable. The way that they kind of accept him at the end is kind of fun and. I just love the contrast too when he when he uh, Mark Strong encountered him. He's like, you gotta be care- careful of him. He's the most dangerous, <laughs> and he's dancing around in his dress. Yeah, I I think Robert De Niro. He's in it for what fifteen minutes yeah. overall, twenty maybe. Like I honestly, I, he's on the poster and he's like huge on the poster. Yeah, I was like this is Robert De Niro, but so. like he's in it very little, <clears throat> and uh, I actually think like I wonder if he he was supposed to be in it more. And then he's like, oh, no, I have, like, some kind of conflicting interest with another movie or something. Yeah, I'm Robert De Niro. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he, like, he comes in, and he, he's, like, being this tough guy, which he always is, and then he turns into this, like, flamboyant kind of gender-neutral kind of gender-fluid. Yeah, it doesn't really say if he's gay necessarily. Yeah, I, I mean, he, he winks at um, Henry Cavill at the end, but, like, I think like overall you're not you're not supposed to know. I think yeah, that's it, the whole thing. And it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. And I think that's But it like works so well and, and I think like this is the beginning of his kind of comedy. He started doing a lot of comedy. Well, Meet the Fockers is where he really started doing I forgot not Meet in, the Fockers, Meet the Parents. I haven't seen that in such a long time and because he's in is it called Dirty Grandpa? Yeah, he's in Dirty Grandpa. He he did a bunch of movies like this where it's like he plays more of a comedy role than his serious role interesting i haven't seen it like so this is the most i said i saw meet the parents forever ago i just don't remember it well enough well his name's captain shakespeare in the movie right like he's that's what he is he's kind of like this thespian of a person who wants to dress up and and have fun but he has a, a legacy to uphold yeah, it's it's really interesting. I mean, during okay, so during this time he did the Good Shepherd, and then Stardust, and then I don't what just happened. Righteous Kill, the Good Shepherd's directed by. Uh, oh, he directed it. Robert De Niro directed it. So I wonder if that's why he was kind of in the middle of finishing it up. Know what that is? <laughs> uh, it says it's a tumulus early history of the Central Intelligence Agency, is and it's viewed through the prison of one man's life. There you hmm. go. 
Interesting. He starred and directed it. Surprised he doesn't direct more movies. This is a pretty good movie. So, yeah, overall, love this movie. Highly recommend it. Like I said, it's something I, I own it. I thought I owned it. Couldn't find it because I ended up watching it on uh, Showtime or whatever it's on. Yeah, that's where I watched it. I could it. not find my copy of it. I own it, too. I think it's at my parents' house. Yeah. But, but movies of mine have gotten borrowed with living with as many people I do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Somewhere in a, the house I live in. <laughs> I want to talk. I want to talk about some scenes I really like. Uh, the first scene that stands out to me is, um, well, the the pirate scene, of course. We talk about that a lot. We didn't, but I, I think one of the big cool twists. It's not really a twist, but it, it's very. The direction in this is really good. Is like Charlie Cox steals the hair of of the star. Oh, and he takes it back over the wall with him, and he's she's like. He, because the whole point of the movie is Charlie Cox is trying to fall in love with the girl. Can't even think of her name. Can't think of her name. She's in it for five minutes. You hear her name throughout the whole movie, though. Yeah. She, um, he's trying to, like, he said, I'm going to go to the ends of the earth to find the star, because they see a shooting star, and it falls. And he said, I'm going to get the shooting star for you so you can marry me instead of Henry Cavill, which I'd marry Henry Cavill over Charlie Cox any day. They're both both attractive, but let's not be wrong. You know, he's the Witcher. Henry Cavill's a handsome, handsome man. Very handsome man. Uh, is it Victoria? Was that Victoria? Her name? Yeah. The IMDb's top four, because you know how they always put the top four build casts on on their movies first. For Stardust is so weird. So yeah. it's Charlie Cox, which is fine. Claire Danes, just fine. That makes sense. But then it's Victoria. So Sienna Miller. And then Ian McKellen. <laughs> That's funny. I would probably put Michelle Pfeiffer up there. And Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro, like, he's in it, you know, maybe, I, I could maybe see Ian McKellen above Robert De Niro. Yeah. I think they're in it about I, the I same. I do think that he should be higher up on the list. For sure. Like, I had to scroll <laughs> halfway down. Like, I would put probably Mark, Mark Strong, Strong <laughs> up there before Victoria. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty interesting top four. Anyways. Um, so he, she, he cuts the hair, takes it over to this girl he's gonna, like, marry and say, hey, I found her, it's real, you know, here it is, and she, like, opens the cloth, and then it turns to dust, stardust, yeah. and she's like, why did you bring me this stardust, and she's like, oh, he, well, Charlie Cox is like, oh, this isn't the hair, interesting, then he started realizing, like, crap, I can't bring her yeah. across the wall. They, they they emphasize that, mu- they emphasize it in the movie, but it's much more emphasized in the book of this that the wall is there's a it's this bridge between the real world and the fantasy world. It, yeah, I wouldn't even call it a fantasy world. It's like almost a side like in the movie, it's like a different dimension yeah. world. Like it's the same Earth, but with a little bit more magic, a little bit less technology. Yeah, like I said it's a little more emphasized in the um, book than the movie. Oh, interesting. So yeah, I I really like that twist. It's big realization for mm-hmm. the audience and for for him. Um, yeah, I think the early, like when the Charlie Cox dad goes to the market for the first time, the, the first 15 minutes of this movie. I forgot that was uh, Ben Barnes. Oh yeah, that is Ben Barnes. Because he's not in very long. Yeah. I'm, the only movies that I know of him in are this now, um, but then Chronicles of Narnia and then The Punisher. Oh, I forgot he's in The Punisher. He's so good in The Punisher. You didn't like The Punisher, did you? I didn't finish it. Yeah. Really? Westworld. He's in Westworld. Oh, okay. I think that's one of his biggest. 
Yeah. Anyone who's Probably in West World. Becomes world. Big. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, he's the Prince Caspian, isn't he? Yeah. He's so good in Punisher. I'm so sad. I, that's I one of my re- favorite TV shows. I should go back to it. I, I'm working from home now, so I've been watching. I do a lot of mindless Excel sheets, <laughs> so I'll watch. I hope my work doesn't listen to this. But I, I watch, like, I've been watching The Simpsons on Disney Plus. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I've been doing it. So I should do, like, The Punisher or something. But, like yeah. If it's not your thing, it's not your thing. I just personally really, just the story behind it is just. My issue with, like, a lot of the Marvel stuff, not, I think, I think Daredevil's the best. But oh, yeah. out of all the Marvel stuff is they have too many episodes. Like there's so much filler. There's like, which is interesting for how short they because they kind of were, they were one of the first ones to really kind of go shorter. Yeah, they're eight episodes, but yeah. I think eight episodes is too long. Interesting, especially like I started watching. We watched Luke Cage, and Luke Cage we got about five episodes in when Cottonmouth dies or whatever. I haven't seen after that. Nothing. It's boring. It got so boring. I heard that he's a really good villain too. He's so good. It's uh, what Michelle uh, or Michelle? Yeah. What is that? How you say his name? Anyway, he's gonna be Blade. Anyways, but um, very very good. Anyways, so anyways, we'll see. Anyways, a lot. Back to the scenes that you really like. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I think the market is really cool. Yeah, and I'm kind of sad you don't see that scale ever again in the movie. You know, like the very first fifteen minutes is like when he falls in love with the princess or whatever, and you see this whole market and the 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 bust and the the movement of the market. Mm-hmm. It's it's really fun and then all of a sudden it's like you just never see it again. Yeah. Which is fine, but like like oh, I kind of like that. It's fun. Probably one of those things cuz this is a per- pretty standard 90 minute film. Uh, it's 2 or, hours. Oh, is it? It's 2 hours oh. and 7 minutes. Hmm. I actually think I think every movie's long, I think, but I think this movie's a little long. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Hmm. This movie held my attention. I'll say this: this movie held my attention less than the next movie we watched. Really? But in my defense, I've seen this movie probably three or four times, so okay. I wonder if that was part of it. And and to all the boys I love before, I've never seen. So I'm like, I wonder if that is part of it. It could have been. This movie still held my attention more. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a fun movie. You need to watch his other movies, Matthew Bonds. If you like this, you'll well, like. I like Kick. I love Kick Ass. You've seen Kick. Have you seen Layer Cake? I've never even heard of it. It's on Netflix. It has um. It's uh James Bond in it. Uh, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. Hmm. It's like his Daniel Craig's like first movie. I remember watching a psychological thriller with him in it. The one where he's in war. Is it the war one? No, it's. He's uh, at home, and he thinks his family's alive or something like that. I don't remember the movie. It's not Defiance? No. It's not a war film. Oh, Infamous? Maybe. I don't remember oh, what it's Munich? called. Oh, Munich? He's in Munich? Anyways. He's in a few movies before. He's in Road of Perdition? Sword of Honor? Huh. Now I'm looking at his filmography. Yeah. Anyways. Why am I looking at... We're saying anyways a lot. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> no more anyways. <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, uh, anyways. Box office. <laughs> oh, you want to do box office this early? Oh, I guess it is. It's been an hour. Mm-hmm. It's, we're, wow. Uh, I Time guess we, we talked for a while, huh? Well, we talked about the background of this movie a lot. I mean, what else is there to say? You know, there's not a lot of things we can... Not much more we can say about this Except, movie. As far as... I wonder if we should we should say this more often. Of, like, how how rom com is it? Yeah, this is super not very rom-commy, in my opinion. 
Yeah, just because it's not it's not the while it's his driving motivation and it is kind of like what motivates him. It's not the the typical. The con, it's not the conflict. The conflict is not based on the romance. Yeah, well, and it's not like when you think of a rom com, you think of like <sighs> Hitch, right, yeah. or The Proposal, or those kind of movies where it's like a man and a woman are stuck together. And that's the whole point of the whole movie. Where this isn't, this isn't the point. Yeah, because the there's the because of the because yeah that we main, forgot that, that, that and main, he becomes royalty. Yeah, that's oh yeah. I was gonna compare a couple things with the the book that I found interesting. So, um, in the book, his dad gets remarried. There's a little more. Oh. There's more relationship with the family, which I found interesting. His dad was his dad's a lot more like um, likable in the movie. It's not that he's he's just kind of a downer in the book. Uh-huh. I think a lot of it has to do with like he had this adventure. He had an adventurous life. He could have had adventurous life, and he didn't. But like in the movie, he's like this well lived, an interesting, well respected within the community. I think he's well respected in the community in the book. Um, yeah. That was interesting. So there's more like there's an interesting relationship with his stepmom, um, and he has siblings too, I believe. Uh, Victoria is way more likable in the book. Mm. Like she feels like there's like remorse. Like she a lot of the reaction of when he comes back is her like feeling like she thought she'd send him off to his death type thing and just yeah. felt bad and like almost felt she felt more compelled to marry him uh, instead of just like just like in the this bo- movie the I movie do not, you don't like her in the movie well though. it's not convincing that she wants to marry him yeah. like you are rooting for Charlie Cox never to marry her yeah. the whole time and this you kind of like oh interest like there's just there's an interesting um, nuance to the relationship um, because there's just like a lot of like tradition, like it's not very like forthright tradition, but it's very like, um, well, I, I now feel like, oh, I, he did this thing for me. Yeah. Now I'm, now I'm really conflicted because he did this thing that I felt awful about. So that was an interesting kind of part in the book. Um, but at the end of the book, what's interesting is so they, um, so he becomes a king. Like I said, all that kind of ends similarly. And him in, uh, Stardust, I don't know her, the character's name. I don't even know the actress's name very well. But they, they don't want to go back to the kingdom. So they go on adventures. That's because he's always wanted to live a life of adventure. And so he, they actually go and they like see the world. Mm-hmm. So they go, they go see the world. They come back like, wait a second. We don't want to come and take care of the kingdom. So they go on an adventure and again. And it, that just, it was just kind of an interest. It was a much more satisfying ending yeah. than the movie. The movie was kind of like, meh. He becomes king. You know? Yep. Yeah. Like it wasn't like bad. But it was just meh. Yeah. But the book, it just felt... I like that kind of because like even though he had this grand adventure with her, he's like, well, much of it was he's always been stuck in this town. She's like, I want to actually see the world, and that was kind of a her much more uh, satisfying romantic ending. Her name's Claire Danes, by Claire the Danes, way. You said I know you said it before. I can I just don't I recognize her, but not well enough to know her name. Yeah, yeah. She I mean she's in Homeland. She's a Homeland girl. What's Homeland? Homeland's a TV show. I've never seen it. It's still going. People love Claire Dane. Now uh, you see the name. I've I heard more now that it, it's Claire about. Dane. I keep saying Clara Dane. I don't know why. Claire. Uh, Claire Dane. Dane. Uh, interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, I think the ending of this is fine. It's yeah. not like anything. Yep. You know what's gonna happen. You know. You know he's gonna become king. Mm-hmm. Even if you haven't seen it, you're like, oh, he. I mean, his mom was the princess. So, and and the whole point is all the brothers have to kill each other. Which I gotta say, those are really cool. Like I love how they look as ghosts. Like yeah. they just died <laughs> and they're stuck that way. Yep, it's pretty cool. That's cool. 
Um, I would hate to be Mark Strong and just soaking wet for the last, like, (laughs) two or three days of shooting or whatever. (laughs) Um, Okay, so we're going to play the box office uh, with Blank Checks box office game. When did this come out? 2007. It looks... I don't have a release date. I can look. Um... September 11, 2007. So, 9-11. Then I'll see if I have Letterbox on here. I don't know if I do. Can we do Kick-Axe? Kick-Axe? Kick-Ass? Is that a rom-com? There's, like, no romantic... There's no romance in that film. I'm just kidding. Is there? No. Is there even a relation? Like, no, there's not. I can't remember. Hey, girl, and kick ass. That's the relation. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just messing. I always forgot what what's that website? Box Office Mojo. No, because that one always. Oh, the numbers. Oh, the numbers is the other one. Is that what you've been using lately? That's what every time I get on, because Box Office Mojo is a joke to use. It has been a joke lately. So we, uh, yeah. Blank checks, box office game. I can actually. Okay, I don't. I don't like this website either, but. It's. Yeah, it's a little different. Maybe you. Do you have. You don't have Letterbox in there, do you? I have it. I have it. Yeah. Go ahead and do that while I find. Okay. August 10th. I thought it was September 11th when this movie came out. It says September 10th. What is it? It might have been September 10th. This is August 10th. I don't know how this, what is this showing me? Yeah, September 11th is not even a. September 11th, 2000. Yeah, August 10th is what it's showing. Okay. That's fine. Interesting. Okay, so letterbox. This is from Marty. Four and a half stars. Mm-hmm. Loves it. She? It's a girl on the picture, but she says, this movie has everything. Everything. Romance. Witches. Princess. Princes, I mean. Not princess. Princes. Magic. Robert De Niro and drag. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Thanks, Marty. <laughs> That was enjoyable. Yes, it was. <laughs> okay. So, so this movie didn't do very well. What well, did like nine million, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see this movie in theaters? Nope. I didn't either. I don't think I did. Where did I see it? I might have actually. I don't know. Um so the number one is part of a trilogy. I think it's a trilogy. Spider-Man. No, it's, so it's a comedy adventure. Oh. It's got um, Jackie Chan. Oh, it's... Uh, sh- is it Owen Wilson? Is it? Oh, it's Rush Hour. Rush Hour 3. Yep. Oh. I can't think of the other actor that's... I can't yeah, think of Yeah, yeah. Rush Hour. That's a movie I haven't thought of in a long time. Yeah, I've only seen the first one. It was years ago. I don't, I've seen Rush Hour and Rush Hour 2. Interesting. Man, Jackie Chan's the best. I still, The Foreigner, is The Foreigner? Yeah. It's on Netflix? Chris, Chris Tucker. Chris yeah. Tucker, okay. Yeah. I think it's the only thing I've ever seen him in. 
So that's why. Is Jackie Chan? No, Chris Tucker. Oh, I've seen plenty. You've seen you have you you haven't seen Fifth Element? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, he's a interesting character. Yeah, he's like the flamboyant yeah talk show host. Yeah, that's what it is. Or radio host or something. I've seen scenes. Michelle every time like. Michelle, I've seen way more movies than Michelle, but Fifth Element's one of those ones she's like, you still haven't watched that yet? It's fun. It's one, she likes it a lot. It's one of her favorites. I um, watched it while I was um, on, like, I got my wisdom teeth pulled, and I was like, oh, I want to watch the Fifth Element, and I was on hydrocoating. <laughs> it was kind like, of colorful. Yeah. I fell asleep. Because it makes, hydrocoating makes me really sleepy. Okay. <laughs> Second movie. So that was, in, so Rush Hour 3, that was actually its first, so that was its opening weekend. Oh. What it twenty million? It's more than that. Forty? Yep. Forty nine. Wow. Um, fifty. So the next one is also part of a series. I mean it's more than a trilogy now, I believe. Um, I believe it's the third one. This is an action. August. This is uh, action more it's a spy. Not spy. That's not that's a terrible misdirection. Um, there's amnesia involved. <laughs> Amnesia is involved. That's I don't know in this one. I've actually never seen this one. I've only seen the first one. Is it a? It's not a horror film. Mm-hmm. Action. Very action. action. Am- Much action. Amnesia. Much violence. I don't know if amnesia likes that. I don't know. I know it influenced the first one. Amnesia. <laughs> action. I'm a uh, Matt Damon. Oh. <laughs> The Born Supremacy uh, Ultimatum. Yep. Dang, that movie's fun. Yeah, I was like, I haven't seen it yet. That one's good. I've seen I've seen the first one, and I've seen the one with Jeremy Renner. That's it. I've never seen the Jeremy Renner one. I so really, I guess there's five of them, huh? I was confused. That's what was throwing me off. Is you know, like, yeah, I think of the trilogy. Anything after the three is like because there's five now, right? Yeah, there's five, but there's only four with Matt Damon. The the fifth one with Matt Damon, Born Legacy. I think it's just called Jason Bourne. Oh, it is called Jason Bourne. Born yeah. Legacy is the one with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Or Ryan Reynolds. Uh, so yeah. he that one is okay, but yeah, that's a that's a fun series. Yeah. Born movies. So number three is a animated film based off of a long time running TV show. Oh gosh, you may have referenced it in this podcast. Uh, Westworld. <laughs> Just no, kidding. animated. No, I know. Uh, is there a movie with Westworld? Yeah, that's where it came from. Oh, did it? It's a Michael Crowker, you know, Jurassic Park. Oh, he Michael Crichton. Crichton. He direct or he wrote the screenplay to the original Westworld movie, which came out in '79 or '78 or oh, something. Oh, interesting. Okay, animated movie based off a long-running TV show. Yeah, is the TV am- show animated? Yes. Also anime. Oh, the Simpson movie. Yep. Oh man, that movie is fun. It is. I actually saw that one in theaters. I did too. I think everyone did. That movie made a lot of money, and I'm. Sur- I think they'll make another movie now that Disney owns. Oh yeah. I. I the question- guess, and this is actually week three. I don't. Oh, that's total gross. Never mind. It's not that week. What was the that. total gross? 152 million. Yeah, that movie probably cost 20 million to make too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they've been doing the same animation for yeah ever. Whenever an animated movie that was a TV show before that was also animated does a movie, I always feel like it doesn't cost them any money to make yeah, the movie. Yeah, because all the assets are there. It's pretty much the same thing. Like yeah. they, they make the animation look a little bit better, and it's probably all hand-drawn like, you know, like it should be. 
but like it, overall it, it can't be that much more but, difficult cuz yeah usually like just with just with animation in general it's usually like it's the getting going that usually is the more expensive yeah. you have to build the world build the assets but once you have them it's yeah it's there like the SpongeBob movie the first one probably cost nothing to make yeah it made so much money. That's why they still make them. Yep. I again, I think they'll make another Simpson movie. The question is, is like, will it be a Disney Plus exclusive or will they release it? You know, I. Yeah, that's an interesting economic choices that people I are making. I know. I I think if it were me, I'd probably make it a Disney Plus. Because I feel like Disney Plus is still not very good at their exclusives. Yeah. Like they did the Mandalorian, and then what? You know, they have, like, the... That's the only one they've marketed, because they have, um, like... Uh, I know they have more, you know, like, the High School Musical. And, and Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Docu-series. But they're not, like... Netflix knows their... Ske- like, HBO, Netflix, they're very good. Hulu yeah. is even really good at scheduling their new exclusives. Like, once it's done, they have a new one ready to go. Or if they don't have a new TV show, they have a new movie ready yeah. to go. They always have something new. Where, like, Disney, I don't feel like they're doing very good at it. Yeah. But I think the coronavirus helped them a ton, right? Because mm-hmm. they had the Mandalorian, and then the Mandalorian ended, what, in December, mm-hmm. right? And then they did another Star Wars thing, but I didn't. It was an animated Star Wars series. I think it's Rebels, Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, and that, that was like a continuation of something. Yeah, it was like the too. sixth or seventh season. It's yeah. the final season, but either way, you know, who cares? I, there's a lot of people who care about it, I know, but it's not like the Mandalorian yeah. thing. But they, the next big thing is, like, this fall with, like, um, WandaVision or uh, uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. So they needed – what they needed was, like, exclusive movies during this. And they have a few, like, Stargirl is an exclusive Disney+. Oh, Plus, yeah. And then they did another one. It's called, like, The Misadventures of This Kid oh, or yeah. whatever. I don't know what you're talking about. It has, like, a polar bear in it or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, like, they have these movies, but they're not, like, big movies. And then when the coronavirus hit, they're like, fine, let's just release Frozen 2 on Disney+. Plus. And, and Onward. It, it was, like, the best thing they would have done. And then, right, Onward came out the week before, like, everyone shut down the movie theaters for the coronavirus. And then Disney's like, fine, let's just put Onward on Disney+. Plus. Well, like, they put it on VOD first, Video On Demand, and then, like, a week, two weeks later, they're like, fine, we'll put it on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, because it, it just came out. It was yesterday the day before. Yeah, it, Yesterday, Friday. Yeah, because we just watched it. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet, so don't. I was working till 1 a.m. last night. Um, everyone watched it last night. Everyone and their dogs. Yep. So it's Disney. Disney needs to do this more, right? Like, Artemis Fowl might be a good idea to put on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, probably. A, just because of the problems they've had with it. Yeah. <laughs> but then, I think there's... I think if you haven't... For the for a general population who aren't into the books and aren't, like, overly picky of movies, which is most people uh-huh. <laughs> fall in this category, I think it'll be a good film for that category of people. Yeah. I think if I, if I was the CEO of or in charge of Disney Plus, I would have told Bob Iger, who was, who was the CEO of Disney, yeah. and said, hey, let's just, let's release The Mandalorian and High School Musical. That's it. That first, like, that first week. We'll put all of our, like, classics on there and everything. Once The Mandalorian is over, let's put Jeff Goldblum on. You know, like, let's put these other kind of interesting shows on. But they didn't. They just, like, put all these exclusives on first. I'm glad that they're going the route of... Weekly releases. 
I am too. I'm okay with that. But still, it's it, like they don't have it. Like I, I stopped watching Disney Plus after The Mandalorian. Yeah. I, the only reason we still have it is because I have a two year old yeah. daughter who watches Frozen and Bluey. You know, yeah. but, um, but I think economically, I think that was a good push for all streaming services because I know that's what's gotten Netflix in trouble. Is right what um, releasing everything all at once. This the binge culture. So the only thing that I dislike about the week well the one thing that is positive about the weekly is it keeps you in the news longer right yeah that's the one big positive so like the mandalorian each week it's going to be a new like somebody's going to still talk about the mandalorian 12 weeks from now instead of all in one week Mm -hmm. like the witcher is a good example of that right so the witcher just came out all at once and everyone just talked about or tiger king's a great example too right everyone's talking about the tiger king well they're going to be talking about the Tiger King until the end of maybe like halfway through April, and then we'll yeah. never talk about it again. Because something else will come. Right. But if it was like weekly, then the Tiger King's first mm-hmm. week and then the second week, people would be talking about it for about three months, right? That so was... that's the big difference. Yeah. And like the, I think the one thing they're just talking about, the economics of it all, is um, if people binge through everything, they're, they're paying for this monthly service but they don't have anything new to watch. Yeah, Netflix doesn't care though because they get new so much new stuff yeah. that but, I, but they're they've been in the red for so long though. This is the problem is if if they were if they're able to spread out all their new for uh-huh. longer, it keeps people engaged longer. Yeah. Which they kind of they kind of need at this point. I don't know. They're still number 1. They're still Are the number yeah, they're still the number 1 streaming service. Yeah. They thought Disney would take over, but Disney just hasn't done that well. I was like I think it'll take cuz Netflix is a juggernaut. It's huge. Like even no matter how big Disney is, like that's that's Netflix's bread and butter. Yeah. And so to, to take it off, I, I still think it'll I think everyone, at least consumer wise, is going to win in the end. It's going to take longer than people thought. Everyone's like, Oh, Netflix is going down. Yeah. I was like on board of like I think it'll be a while before anything crazy happens just because that's not Disney's focus. Yeah, it's true. So I think the current like one thing is for sure about all this. After the coronavirus, like streaming will not be the same. Movies won't be the same. Oh. A lot of things won't be the same. I think a lot more will just come to streaming services. There's that new um, Camille Nanjani movie that's coming to Netflix, which I want to do as soon as it comes yeah. out. Like that's we need it. I don't know when it comes out, but as soon as it comes out, that's our next episode. Yeah. By the way, um, because we did big shot or the the big the big, big sick. shot the big sick, and so I kind of want to do this, and it's a new rom com. Yeah. Anyways, enough about streaming services. Yep. You guys wanted to hear that, right? Yep. That was a we actually didn't even finish the game. That's okay. Yeah. What's number? Four? Where are we you, at? You actually you knew number four. Oh, that's Stardust. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's nine million. Yep. Ten or something. Number five. We only. Oh, number five. We'll at least have you guess number five. It's a musical, based. No, it's not based on anything. Is it Hairspray? Yep. It is based on a Broadway musical. Oh, it's based. I okay, <laughs> I, 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 I always get some of those ones mixed up where it's. I actually remember this year very clearly. It was like it was. It was the 2007 was the year I first started getting into movies. I feel like. No. Oh, okay. Like I mean, it was probably 2005, 2006, but 2007. What we were sophomores in high school. Mm-hmm. So, like I remember seeing a lot of movies. I saw Simpsons movie in theaters. I saw Hairspray in theaters. I, I think I saw Ultimatum in theaters. Oh, okay. So, like, I remember that summer very clearly. Hot Rod came out in 2007? I saw, yeah. That I was, thought that was older. Is that a rom-com? Can we do that one? I mean, he falls in love with her. That's true. <laughs> We've done some where we could, we could, we could make it pass, because I love that film. Maybe that'll be our um, next one. Yeah, so number 
six was underdog Disney film. I mean, don't even know. Oh yeah, is. I know that. Um, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Chuck and Larry That's was an Adam Sandler movie. Okay. Harry Potter and the, I don't know which one that is. Prisoner of Azkaban, probably. Is that two thousand seven? Very interesting. Yeah, and then no reservations and Daddy Day Camp. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. Well, the Order of the Phoenix was that year. Oh, Order of the Phoenix. Um, we're starting to stream on Twitch. Is that what this is? Yes. Okay. We're on Twitch. Hi, Twitch. I think I it's... God, there already? I don't know what my username is, so... <laughs> we'll figure it out. I'll let you know, but we're on Twitch. Just search Romcom Dudes, because I think I have to save it in the end. I don't know. And I'll find out. So I have a, a thing that we'll talk about, the logistical stuff. Yeah, and maybe I'll just like start a Romcom Dude Twitch channel, Yeah, I guess. Uh, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe to us. Uh, we're getting some good listeners, guys, so thank you for listening. Yeah. Um, keep We want to keep growing. If the coronavirus is then it's good for not uh, releasing Well, them. I don't know yet. This episode, the, our, the Night's Tale hasn't done too well for us so oh, far, okay. but it's only been a week. It's It's been okay. okay. I've heard mix. Like, I've heard a lot of podcasters right now are saying, like, their numbers are low, which is weird. Been, I'm listening to more podcasts right now. I've been doing a lot of books, and oh. it depends on the podcast for me. Yeah, I've been doing a lot more, but I've been working from home, so I just put my headphones in. And like I, I said, I do a lot of my doing cell sheets. Um, there's certain work that I know I could do. Like sometimes when I'm working, if I'm working with someone, I have to be able to communicate on yeah. a construction site. But if it's me by myself, 100% just listen to podcasts or. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, rate, review, subscribe. You visit us on our social meds at romcom dudes. Uh, email us at romcomdudes at gmail.com. Um, follow me on Twitter, amuggleston05. I'm Carlton with a K. I haven't been doing much. Yeah. I, I, I put some deep thoughts in mine. I don't know. <laughs> Anything okay. else you want to plug? No. Tiger King. Let's spend 20 minutes on Tiger King. 20 minutes on <laughs> Tiger <kidding>. King. <laughs> okay. Uh, Charlie Cox is in The Theory of Everything? Is he really? Yeah, I guess so. I still haven't seen that. There's a lot of movies. I've finally been doing some stuff, though, because I've been out of school, so... Oh, nice. Watched Quiet Place, finally. Oh. That movie's so good. Too bad the second one got pushed back. Yeah. <laughs> like everything. And also a lot, so... So I've been re reading. I've been listening to audiobooks more, because I've just had more time to do uh -huh. it. I finished Bird Box, the book. Oh, the book. So... Yeah, it's based off a book. What about Stardust? Should have read Stardust did, for us. Oh, you read Stardust. Yeah, I, you I, have? I read it a few months ago. Did you read the book or the graphic novel? The the book. I forgot there was a graphic novel because that's pretty standard for Neil Gaiman to have a visual element to his stories. Yeah, well, he did the... Well, we can talk about yeah, it. It was, the it, it was it was a 
graphic novel first, huh? Uh-huh. We can talk about that. I mean, we're going to talk about all of that anyways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Bird Box. It's inter- did you watch Bird Box? Yes. So I haven't watched it yet. So what's interesting about that is... I didn't like the movie too much. I don't think I'd enjoy it like at all because one of the things that made the book so interesting is the way that the author would describe... Um, I can't even think of the character's name. It's like a generic name anyways. Um, that you experience much of the book like you're blind. Oh. So I feel like... No visuals. So I don't know if there are like... Um, if there's actual monsters in the movie, but you don't actually ever know in the book if there's actual creatures. They don't ever show the monsters. Oh, really? In the movie, yeah. Do they just imply? Okay, so I guess yeah. that's good. But that, that's like what's half the experience of the book is like you don't know what's... Because she, she imagines that there's things there because uh-huh. they've been told. That's what they're hypothesizing, but you never know. And you never actually, like, there's nothing. It's all mostly in her head of, like, she's imagining uh, that there's something there, but she, she, she has nothing to reference it to. Yeah, the movie, it definitely shows that there is a monster, yeah. right? I'm sure the book's the same way, but, yeah, it doesn't. it's not an imagination. It is when she's with the children. Like, she has the two kids that go with her. Mm-hmm. But and that feels she feels a little crazy during all that. But yep. then when she's like with the group of people in the house, I don't know if that's in yeah. the book, but in the movie, that's when it's seriously like you see people die and stuff. Oh, interesting. Um, the it's interesting because Bird Box and Quiet Place came out about the same time, and they're very similar. <laughs> very very similar. Yeah. Uh, I prefer I, as far as story goes. I actually I prefer even though like I'm really enjoying books. I prefer the concept of a quiet place more, mostly because I think did I bring this? I may have brought this up and talked to someone else, but I prefer that the story of something be something more relatable and human, and it just takes place in this world. Yeah, like that's what I like about quiet places. It's a story about this family that takes place in this world. In Bird Box, to me, it was very much a story about this post Like there was, I feel like the book probably did a better job of this. This relationship. Are they not her kids in the movie? I don't remember. Okay, the, the movie is very forgettable. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I remember the river scene. I remember, I don't remember what happens in the house, but I remember the house scene. But I don't remember, like, the twists and turns. Do they have, wait, are they, like, two? Is it, like, part one, part two? Bird box? Yeah, is it, like, the house and then the river? No, it's just cuts between them. Okay, because that's how the book is. It's, uh... She's. It starts on the river, I believe, and then it f- yeah. the whole movie is flashing back to the... Yeah, it um, flashbacks to the, the happening or whatever. Yeah. Like, her sister and people start wrecking yeah. their cars and their heads explode and stuff. In the the cra- <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bloody. Yeah, this is, there isn't much indication of gore in this book. Hmm. I, uh, I, yeah, Bird Box is fine. I don't remember a lot of it, but I uh, remember being it being okay with it. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I just really enjoyed the book and I just, the way that the book experience was, I just couldn't see that translating very well to a movie. Mm-hmm. But because it's a, it's a, it's a super interesting, another book I heard that just did terrible. I thought the, at first I was understanding the movie did well, but Annihilation. 
Oh, I love the movie. That book's incredible. I need to read the book because I that it's a trilogy. I, people hate the movie. There, I mean, it, I it's pretty split. People really love it, or people. people I think really it's hate a it. pretty common of. I think people who hate it probably are fans of the book. It's uh, it's it's a trip, is what the, yeah, the I mean, movie the is. Is it? I need to. Man, I should read it. I I was thinking about this week. This week, I was thinking about that this week because. Um, we're watching Devs on Hulu. Oh, okay. And I, Devs is written and directed by Alex Garland, who directed and wrote Annihilation. Oh, interesting. So he's probably the most interesting director, I think, right now. He did Ex Machina, and then okay. he did I saw, Annihilation, and now he's done Ex Machina is on my list of because it's on Netflix. So it's it's one of my... so good. Ex Machina is probably one of my all-time... It's probably top 10 of the te- last 10 years. Oh, interesting. It's so good. I mean, you've heard nothing but good things about it. Yeah. It, and that's Anni- an original story. Screenplay, isn't it? Yeah, Annihilation. It's not like top ten. I, it's, I don't know. It, it's good. It's re- it's really good, but it's not like Ex Machina for some reason. Just really, just it was perfect timing. Yeah, they could I, do that as a rom com. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, I've been. It's a love like, story. I've been. That's when I've been. I'm reading some books. That I know I've already seen the movie. Of like I said, I, I uh, read Stardust. I just finished Life of Pi. Mm. Um. But I've been trying to, like, if I know it's a movie I really watch, like, if I can read the book first, I'm trying to just, I just feel like there's certain things about, like, I've never seen Ender's Game yet, and I, I read that. Are you using Audible? Or? I'm using it because uh, I have, with BYU-Idaho, you have a library. Yeah, and yeah. And so it's uh, called Overdrive. Yep, I have it still. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah, you told me about it. Did I? Yeah. Yeah. Is Annihilation on Overdrive? Mm-hmm. Ooh, the whole trilogy is. Oh, I should do that. I should, so I've been... I'm trying because I I hate jumping between series too much and I, I read quite the variety right now because I just finished um, Magician's Nephew with uh, that's the uh, Carnix of Narnia first book uh-huh. so it's quite the contrast to go from because I think it was I read I finished Bird Box and I went straight to Magician's Nephew interesting contrast of books and I've been reading the uh, Artemis Fowl series that came out when I was in like elementary school or I think some of it even came out before are you doing that because the movie's coming out. No, I forgot. It. I didn't even realize because that movie has been pushed off for because it was supposed to come out. I think originally in like 2018. Yeah, yeah. I uh, so it just got announced yesterday that it's coming to Disney Plus now. Did you hear that? Oh, I didn't. Yeah, so they, it was supposed to come out this summer, and then they were like, "Screw it, we're just gonna release it on Disney Plus." Oh, interesting. I the trailer looks dumb. So I and I hear book fans are not happy with just the trailer alone. One of the things that's really frustrating, what makes the book interesting, is it's this kid. It's this twelve-year-old kid who's this anti-hero. Yeah, and that is not portrayed. He's, he's an innocent kid, mm. and that is like that's a totally different world that you're going to experience. Yeah, and like a lot of because they because Colin the the dad Colin Firth is very prominent in this, and he, the um. The dad's not even very prominent. He's a prominent part of the second. He's part of the plot line, but he's not really in the second book. And he, he has certain elements in the third book that make him a little more prominent, but nothing crazy. I know there's a lot of, and I, I don't care about this when I ever did gender swap, but uh, James Duty Dench, because uh-huh. she's in it. The character she plays is a dude in the book. Oh. Uh, I know some people are mad about that. And people, and then uh, the, the bodyguard. Mm-hmm. And is very a very white Irish dude <laughs> in the books. Oh, yeah, he's black yeah, I like the actor, so I don't care. I don't know the actor. I've seen, I've seen him. The only thing I've really seen him that I know him well in is Zoo. Gosh, 